1: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to African Dialogue right here on Channel Africa. We're broadcasting live from South Africa in our Johannesburg offices in Auckland Park at the SABC. You can listen to us on DSTV Channel 802, or you can live stream us on www.channelafrica.co.za. I'm your host, Ayanda Kwanazi. South Africa's unemployment rate has increased more than expected in the second quarter of 2019. According to figures released by Stats South Africa, Second quarter, jobless rates jumped to 29%, its highest level in 10 years. The number of unemployed persons increased to 6.7 million compared to quarter one this year. The South African working age population increased by 150,000 in quarter two. Compared to quarter one in 2019 The results further indicate that The number of discouraged work seekers Decreased and the other Not economically active population Also decreased by 77,000 Resulting in the net decrease Of 326,000 In the number of those who were not Economically active Well, To help us understand these numbers And make sense of them, we're joined on the line By Malerato Mosiane Who's the acting chief director responsible For labour statistics at Statistics South Africa. We have Daga Fender, who's an investment analyst and owner of African Dominion. Good morning and thank you both for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, us, Malerato, let me start with you. What do these numbers actually mean in simple terms?
2: It means 29% of those who are ready to sell their labour in the labour market do not have jobs.
1: Hello, Malerato. Hello. Hi. Mm, yes. Yes, you were saying? 29%
2: mm-hmm. 29, 29 of the South African labor force do not have jobs. That is the uh, people who are looking for jobs mm-hmm. and are available to take up employment if it is uh, given to them. Mm.
1: Can you break down this 29% this uh, for us, Malerato? What are we talking about here exactly? We are talking
2: of an increase uh, from the previous quarter where we had 27.6% of people who are unemployed. Now we are seeing that there's an increase of 455,000 in the number of people who are now actively looking for employment compared to the previous quarter. And if you look at the number of people who were not in the labor force in the previous quarter, Mm. that has gone down drastically where we are seeing 248,000 of them no longer being discouraged. It looks like there's a renewed hope that people look for work and find it hence they are now looking for, for employment in the current quarter.
1: Would those be the job seekers, Malerato?
2: That would be uh, discouraged work seekers who mm-hmm. were previously discouraged and now they are actively looking for work and also those who were not active due to other reasons other than discouragement who are now actively looking for work. Mm-hmm. Having said that, we have also seen an increase in employment. So between the first quarter and the second quarter, there were no job losses at the national level. However, there are industries that have experienced their job losses. Mm. But the net result was an increase in employment of 21,000.
1: In that increase, uh, Malera, are we talking about contracts? Are we talking about permanent employment? Um, are we able to dissect that a bit? We are not able to dissect it, but mm. we do
2: have information
1: in terms of the number of hours that people work mm. a week. Mm. Are yes. you able to share some of that with us? Yes, i have to insert my figures. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. While, while you do that, let me introduce Taka Fender, who's an investment analyst and owner of African Dominion. Taka, your analysis of these numbers.
0: Yeah, no. Um, the numbers do not look good at all. Um, you know, um, as was previously said, you know, they were worse than expected. Um, and if you look at um, forecast rates from the year from a year before, they are quite low. Um, during this quarter, um, we were expected to grow by about 0.4%. Um, you know, uh, and that that didn't that didn't um, come through. Um which is which is quite bad When you look when you look at the numbers, um, you know, when you look at the broader number, which includes the um the guys who have given up, the people who have given up mm. looking for work, you know, that number also increased from thirty eight percent to thirty eight point five percent. You know, so I kind of question, you know, the increase in the number of people who are um who were disgruntled before um improving. Um, based on based on basically this number over here, uh, you know, where people seeking looking for work has, you know, people giving up looking for work has increased. You know, something else to look at. Um, you know, yes, you do say that. Um, you know, in the national from a national level, you had an increase in um, job creation in jobs created. So you look at you know the sectors that created jobs, which were the wholesale and retail um, retail trade. We increase jobs by about 84,000. You look at community and social services which in that number includes government services um, increased by 48,000. You look at construction, that increased by 24,000. And then you look at um, where the job losses came from. You know, it was the private households decreasing by 49,000. You look at transport decreasing by 42,000. You look at the mining sector decreasing by 36,000.
2: Mm-hmm. And the financial
0: sector looking at, you know, a decrease of 21,000. And one would need to actually unpack you know, what the causes of those job losses were, you know. Um, from my perspective, you know, looking at the financial sector, which is a part of, you know, that I'm a part of, mm. you know, technology is playing quite a significant role in that. And you had Sir Ramaphosa coming out and saying that we need to concentrate more, and I'm jumping the gun here, yes.
1: um,
0: you know, stating that we need to concentrate more on the technological side, you know, of, of industry, making sure that, um, kids in high school are, you know, focusing more on the technology side, which is the future. Um, getting more and more after, you know, after they finished, you know, post, post-matric, post you know, education, focusing on that. You know, but then are we being reactive or are we actually being active, you know, actively looking at the future, you know, which has been a concern of mine for a very long time. Mm.
1: Having said that, Daga, we are in no doubt in a crisis.
0: That is correct yeah. yeah we are you know i um, one of one of the factors that i've looked at you know quite significantly is you know the effect that you know we used to look at it from saying that you know um if gdp growth um is good you know the employment figures should improve but then if you look at the period you know 25 years prior to 95 you know for every one percent increase in gdp you had a 1.3 i think it is percent increase in employment Whereas, you know, you fast forward 25 years from um, 1995, um, for every 1% increase in GDP, you know, you now have an increase of only 0.2% um, in employment. So to say that we need to concentrate on GDP economic growth, you know, to address, to address the, um, the unemployment issue, um, yes, we do need to, but then, you know, to get back to a 1% growth, you know the economy needs to grow five times faster than what it is projected to grow at at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we do say that we want to grow the want the economy to grow by two percent. You know, um, on average by 2025. I think it is. How are you going to get there? You know, with the with the current economic growth that um, that we have. You look at economic growth GDP growth um, in the first quarter, which was flat. You know, and it is expected to be to be worse. I think it is um, for the second quarter. We're still waiting for those numbers to come out, mm-hmm. and it is expected to be worse for the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so to focus on economic growth as a factor that will help um, with unemployment, um, mm-hmm. decreasing unemployment. You know, there's a lot of work to be done, and therefore, I think we are in a crisis. You're correct.
1: I'd like to introduce Professor Ingrid Bullard, who's the Dean of the Faculty of Economic and Management Sciences At Stellenbosch University Good morning Prof and thank you for joining us Good
3: morning, thank you for having me on the show
1: So I'm talking to Stats SA as well as Taka Fender who's an investment analyst And if I heard Malirato correctly In in her opening um, Conversation, they're saying that the numbers Do look bad but not all hope Has been lost, there has been Some slight improvement in certain Areas, what do you make of These numbers, I mean Are we going to get a reprieve anytime soon
3: now, I, I, I do think the numbers are are, are bad. Um, I don't think one should sugarcoat that. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I, I heard Tucker talking there about uh, this the distinction that, that that some analysts are making between people moving from being discouraged to being actively looking for work, and and I agree with him completely that that we we shouldn't really focus on on the core issue here. And the core issue is that mm-hmm. six hundred thousand new people joined working age population in the past year so there's six hundred thousand new new people that are aged between 15 and 64 and at the same time the economy created twenty five thousand jobs mm. I mean there's no way to, to 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 talk about that in any other terms but to say that we're in a crisis
1: mm-hmm. and what would you say you know are the main contributors to the to the crisis that we're now facing besides the failing economy that Taka has already alluded to the GDP growth not doing as well as it should be.
3: So this is a long-run story. This is not a new crisis. Mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes we, you know, when the new unemployment statistics come out, we everybody sort of um, gets a little bit of a shock, and and we talk about it along. Uh, we talk about it, and then sometimes I think we we then lose focus again. Mm-hmm. This has been a long time in the making. Um, I mean, we've seen continually increasing. Um, unemployment and, and, a, and a weakening economy over a very long period of time. And I, and I think, you know, there, there are some small things one can do in terms of, of, of trying to improve, for example, um, the, the, the experience of, of job search. We can think about the things to do on the supply side. But at the end of the day, this is a demand side story. This is a story about weak economic growth. It's a story about low business confidence in the country right now and we need to get those things right if we're going to see if we're going to see any traction on on employment. Mm.
1: Malerato, let me bring back the conversation to you. Do do, do recent yeah. retrenchments by companies that we've seen I mean, happening over the past couple of months contribute to this 29% or are these people who are still trying to just get into the labor force?
2: Uh, if people lost uh, jobs between the first quarter and the second quarter, and they immediately start looking for another job, then they will be reflected in the unemployment uh, figures. Okay. And as we know, there are many com- companies that have announced uh, retrenchment uh, since the end of last year till now.
1: And in terms of them getting back into the job market, are you doing any type of research analysis to see if is it easier for them to get back into the workforce once they've been retrenched? Uh,
2: the the design of the Quartal Labour survey is that we are able to track uh, the senior people since we have a panel type of a survey where we can check if the person was unemployed in the previous quarter what is the labor market status in the next quarter? Is that person now employed or completely out of the labor force? So we are able to provide that, uh, provided that person was in the two quarters because we rotate out uh, a quarter of the sample each time and rotate, rotate out one quarter and rotate in one quarter.
1: Mm. So at any given point in time, we
2: have 35% overlap to facilitate that analysis.
1: The time now is 20 minutes after 11. I'm talking to Malera Domo who's the acting chief director responsible for labor at Statistics South Africa. I also have Professor Ingrid Bullard, who's the dean of the Faculty of Economic and Management Sciences at Stellenbosch University, and Taka Fenda, who is an investment analyst and owner of African Dominion. Let's take a quick break and we'll continue after this. When I think back to my childhood, Geographically, it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling, but at the same time always reaching for something more, something bigger in a South Africa that was hostile. Hello, Africa. This is 1000 African Voices, and I'm your host, Abu Join
2: me on Channel Africa every Thursday morning between 8 and 9
1: and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10.
0: Rise, Africa, rise. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Building Africa with love. Gujambo Africa. If there are holes in this continental ship, we are its children. Let us go and stop the holes. Let us gladly do it with our hearts. And if we cannot, then let us die. We will make a plug of our brains and put them into the ship, but condemn it never. Catch us on Channel Africa from 10 to 11 a.m. every Friday and Sundays from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m.
1: Welcome back to Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue. A reminder that you can listen to us on www.channelafrica.co.za or on DSTV Audio Bouquet on Channel 802. We're looking at the unemployment statistics released by Stats Essay this week showing a very bleak picture of the country saying that 29% um, people are jobless and which is the highest level in 10 years and the number of unemployed persons increased to 6.7 million Compared to quarter one this year So it looks like things are actually going worse Professor Ingrid Woolard, If I can just take this conversation up with you Looking at our structure as a country Our policies Whose job is it to create jobs? Is government failing to, to address this crisis? Is it even a government's problem?
3: That's a great question I mean I, I think this is this is about All the role players Having a, having a stake in this So On the one hand, it it is the role of government to ensure that that the the macro-fundamentals are right, that this is a country in which um, the private sector can flourish. And so there are things that the the government can do in terms of, for example, making it easier to start a business, um, ensuring that the infrastructure is in place, ensuring that that the electricity supply is, um, is in place. So it's a, I think one needs to see it as, as government having that enabling role. Of course, government also has a, has a direct role to play in terms, of, um, the pub, in terms of public sector employment, in terms of something like the expanded public works program, mm-hmm. which aims to, to, to guarantee some level of employment to people who may not be otherwise employable. So I think it's, I think it's more complicated than, than just saying, you know, whose, whose role is it. Mm-hmm. But it does, require, it does require some sort of social contract and where 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 organised labour, organised business, and government really come together and say, "What are we
0: going to jointly do to solve this crisis?" Mm.
1: Dagger, what's your take on this? You in the private sector yourself?
0: So I'm 100% agree with Ingrid, um, with regards with regards to the role players um, being responsible. Um, would like to focus on both government's role from um, both job creation and also from an education perspective, and then focus on the private sector. You know, for for a good flow to come through um, from the lower levels, from you know, from school level through to tertiary education, um, you know, there has to be programs that are put in place. You know, looking forward rather than looking backwards. You know, we look at the CETA program that were put into place um, over ten years ago, um, or actually over twenty years ago. So I think um, the act was incorporated in 1998. You know, those were supposed to um, address certain vacations, right? But then it was almost looking backwards, and now we've got an oversupply of boilermakers or of mine workers and everything else, got An oversupply of that, because we're looking backwards instead of looking forward. You know, government also needs to play a role um, with regards um, to making it, you know, more viable for small businesses, and this is looking at it from a private sector. Um, you know, everyone focuses on the medium and large businesses, you know, making it more... Um, possible for them to do to do work within South Africa but then in the economy but then when you look at the smaller businesses um, not much is done to support to support them to support them in terms of you know getting them to a profitable mm-hmm. perspective um, I used to be part of the private equity sector um, focusing you know on unlisted investments and most private equity players will focus on the larger medium space and then focus on the small space where you know, um, there's a lot of jobs that can be created within the small business sector, but then the support for those businesses is not there. I know there are initiatives that are being put in place to support them, but then all of that is is, is too slow. And you know, being a small business myself, being a small business owner myself, I do find it particularly difficult because there isn't any support, you know, from a financial perspective. You know, I don't need much, you know, from a technical perspective, and anything else. But then I do understand, you know, um, the strife that most small businesses do have. You know, but I also do understand the role that small businesses do play within the economy, and to formalise and make those more um, more presented, more represented um, within the economy, I think would address, um, you know, unemployment figures would address GDP growth. Um, would address would address you know the livelihood of a lot of people within the economy and addressing the lesser skilled, um, lesser skilled um, you know employment seekers within the economy. Mm.
1: What would you say for for the number of graduates who can't be absorbed in, in the job market, uh, Taka? <laughs>
0: that's a very difficult one that's a very very difficult one Um, one would say keep going (laughs) um you know keep pursuing but then i think that is where you know um addressing you know government making it easier for small business owners to create to create to start up companies um, you know um, within the economy because a lot of these graduates um and I mentor quite a few of them, you know, in terms of just giving them direction, in terms of what direction they should go, in in terms of the financial sector and the engineering sector, you know, what they should do. And most of the time, I also just speak to them about being more entrepreneurial, you know, looking at how they themselves can create jobs for themselves rather than looking, you know, to corporate to employ them, you know, taking a look at the gaps within the economy and trying to then... Trying to um, fill up those gaps, but then it's very difficult for them. You know, as I stated, financially, technical-wise, mm. you know, just just the general environment, business environment in South Africa is not positive at the moment. Mm. And if it were positive, I think that you know these young graduates who most have got great minds. You know, you know, sitting down with some of them, you know, I'm a, I'm amazed at the ideas that they have, that some of them have. You know, that I myself would love to implement if I had the opportunity to. Know, but then they're not able to do that because mm. of the current environment.
1: Mm. Malera, if I can come back to you in terms of looking at the sectors which are really showing retreat, if 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 I could if I could say, which sectors would you say need special attention?
2: Uh, at the moment, the sectors that we saw that, um, employment decline in are private households, transport, mining, and finance. And within transport, it was mainly other land transport and telecommunications. Hmm. And within mining, it was the mining of non-ferrous metal holes. And within finance, as you know, there are banking uh, institutions, architectural engineering and other technical activities, as well as legal and auditing activities that really lost uh, jobs between the first quarter and the second quarter.
1: And when you say private households, are we talking domestics? Are we... Are you able to be a bit yes. more specific? Yes, we're talking about people who are employed
2: by private households. They can be domestic workers or gardeners or chauffeurs as long as they are paid by the private households, not for they're not working for companies, then they are employed in private households. Hmm.
1: Well, that's the voice of Malerato Mosiane, who's the acting chief director responsible for labor statistics at Stats SA. We've also got Professor Ingrid Wollard, who's the dean of the Faculty of Economic and Management Sciences at Stellenbosch University. Last but not least is Taka Fende, who is an investment analyst and owner of African Dominion. Let's take a last break and then we try and close the net on this discussion by looking at not only the long-term solutions but short-term solutions because yes technology is there and artificial intelligence is coming but is that not more long-term what do we do now what do South Africans have to do now to find a job after the break
2: I'm an actress I'm a motivational speaker born with albinism Um, the nurse first asked my mother is your husband what? My mother said, no, why are you asking me that question?
0: When I grew up, there was no publication of personal with albinism disappearing, mm. being stolen. You see, it was happening, but there was no exposure as it's happening now.
1: Hi, I'm Kule Mulebazi, the presenter of the Albinism Report. A program that demystifies myths and mysticism on albinism, highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. Tune into the Albinism Report on the following times. Monday, 5 past 9 in the morning to quarter to 10 Central African time. And from 5 past 10 to quarter to 11 Central African time. Tuesday at 5 past 2 in the morning to quarter to 3 Central African time. The Albinism Report an enlightened narrative with me, Pule Mulabadi, on Channel Africa from an African perspective.
2: Welcome to Change Your Game here on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We're coming to you from Johannesburg in South Africa. My name is Asanda Peta. What uh, GDF Forum is about and what an opportunity it provides specifically for the audience of Change Your Game. At Change Your Game, we believe entrepreneurs are the key drivers of tomorrow's African innovations and essential to creating a thriving African economy.
0: More support. Just like invest more in young creatives and entrepreneurship. But actually do it. Don't just talk about it. Actually do it. You know, Because there are a lot of creative minds. There are a lot of intelligent human beings in our country. So I think they should invest more in that and take it seriously because it's a real thing.
2: Catch us every Friday at 900 hours Central African time with Channel Africa, the African
1: perspective. Welcome back to African Dialogue The time now is 28 minutes before 12 A reminder that at 15 minutes before 12 We'll get an update from the Econ Desk And then followed by the sports news But coming back to our conversation A wonderful conversation I'm having here With Professor Ingrid Woolard The Dean of the Faculty of Economic and Management Sciences At Stellenbosch University Also Taka Fender Who's an Investment Analyst And owner of African Dominion And Malerado Musiane Who's the Acting Chief Director Responsible for labor statistics at Statistics South Africa, looking at the unemployment rates um, that were released in the beginning of this week. Professor Ingrid, we need some short-term solutions right now. What do South Africans have to do to find employment? I mean, what can we, are there incentives that uh, companies can be given for creating a certain number of jobs? What should we be looking at?
3: That's that's a very tough question. You know, if I think back to how we've thought about policy over the last 25 years. Mm. 25 years ago, we were having a very similar conversation of saying, for example, well, education is going to take a while. We need, we need, we do need short-run interventions while we wait for, you know, for children that are starting school today to to feed through the system. And I, it, it 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 distresses me that here we are 25 years later, again having a Still. conversation about needing these mm. short-term interventions. But in fact, we also haven't started to solve the longer run issues. Mm. So I think, I think we, you're right, we need to be looking at this at multiple levels and saying, well, how, what are we doing now to ensure that, that we're also putting in place the longer run, um, the longer run interventions that we need. But in, in the short run, I mean, there are things that, 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 one, that one can start to do. Um, I think we've actually seen quite a lot of progress in the last year in terms of, of starting to rebuild institutions, for example, that so we've seen. Um, we've seen improvements at the National Prosecuting Authority, we've seen improvements at SARS and those are things that start to build confidence in the, in, in, um, in the economy and in the country and I think so. we need to, we need to persevere and ensure that we're, we're, we're getting to the point where, where businesses are saying, okay, we, we're, we're ready to invest because we think that there is policy certainty and we think that government is, is starting to create a more enabling environment. So I think there are those levels, you might want to think of those not as short-run or long-run, but sort of as, a, as ongoing, where we need to continue. Mm. What but about certainly a, the state yes. also has a role to play in terms of, of these, these shorter-run interventions of, mm. of, of expanding the expanded public works program, for example, of, of thinking harder about what do we do for young people in terms of, of, of new internship programs um, that gives young people some experience such that they then perhaps are more likely to find other jobs. Mm.
1: What would you say um, is the impact of the national minimum wage, if it has had any impact, uh, Professor, on the current stats?
3: So we don't, we don't yet know. Um, so mm. we, it's going to be a little while before we can really see how that feeds through. Um, I think that most of the estimates that, 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 that I've seen suggest that it will be quite a small impact. Mm. Um, so we're, we're not anticipating that that will have a, a, a substantial job loss impact. Um, and but, but but time will tell. Of course, at the same time, the government has come in with this uh, this tax incentive program for young people, and mm-hmm. so that's that's a way a, 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 one of the ways in which one can cushion the impact of, of the new national minimum wage. Mm. Taka, what are your
1: thoughts? I mean, you brought in quite some, some interesting ideas in, in, in the first part of your conversation, looking at technology, uh, funding for small businesses so that you can create uh, employment, especially for these young graduates. What would you say are some of you know, the ideas for some short-term solutions while we are working towards those long-term ones?
0: So one of one of the things that Ingrid touched on, um, which is really being done, um, there's a couple of things that she touched on actually. Um, so is um, young young people coming into the into the work thing. So first time job seekers. So the government launched um, the Youth Employment Service initiative, um, which has been coined the YES initiative, um, which basically the collaboration between government, labour, and civil society. To create one million jobs within the next three years, I think it's a tough ask. Um, but then we need to start somewhere, and that is one of the shorter-term initiatives that has been created. That entails, um, you know, the private sector bringing in um, first-time job seekers um, to enable them to get on on the job experience. Um, you know, at a lower wage yes, You know, they're looking at a lower wage. I think at three and a half thousand or something like that. But then obviously, most companies wouldn't. Employee guys at that level they actually up it but then that's a positive step in the right direction um, you know there's a lot of focus on the technology side you know within schools um, and you know just concentrating on that because if you look at most of the job um, you know the shedding of jobs in the financial sector for instance it's all had to do um, with AI with technology stepping in and you know making a lot of a lot of jobs uh, you know, irrelevant at the moment, and therefore that's why you've seen a lot of retrenchments coming through. You know, companies just looking to become more efficient um, in terms of their service um, at the at the cost of at the cost of human beings. You know, it's a tough ask. Um, you know, I think that they need also to be a lot more of vocational type experience um, education at the high school level. You know, mm. you know, we all laugh at. At people, you know, in the past when I was at school, you know, who used to do agriculture, used to do metal work, used yeah. to do um, bookkeeping, used to do woodwork. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to laugh at, you know, at people later on in life who did that. But then, you mm-hmm. know, um, when they stepped out of, when they stepped out of, out of, out of high school and went on to go and actually pursue careers in what they would learned to in high school, you know, um, they're doing quite well now. Mm-hmm. Most of those people are job owners, they're business owners in their own right. You know, that focus on woodwork, that focus on agriculture, that focus on something to do with metalwork, that focus on something to do with electric, electric, um, electrical engineering. You know, some um, mm-hmm. at the lower, at the lower, at the age. I tell a story of a friend of mine who, in high school, we used to laugh at because he wasn't that bright. but then it was more about him struggling. He left school, mm-hmm. went to a Technicon, um, studied um, 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 a tertiary degree in electronics, in mm-hmm. electrical engineering, I think it was at the lower level. Left that, um, set up his own electrical company, you know, that used to go around fixing stuff, in, you know, small small business mm-hmm. with helping, you know, the, ele- the electrical engineers that come to your house. To fix your electric boards, or put in put in um, things, um, you know, to lay the piping and everything else within your house. Now he employs over a hundred people. Wow! You know, and this is this is since '95. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. now he employs over a hundred people. But then, you know, when you look back, you know, everyone used to laugh at him because they said he wasn't that bright. But then mm-hmm. he focused on something that he loved doing, and that is what we need to focus on. Not everyone is going to become you know, a CA, not everyone is going to become a doctor, uh, not everyone is going to, yes, we might, at an earlier age, aspire to do that, but then we need more clear guidance counselors, you know, within the high school area, that guides, um, you know, show the importance to kids of certain, of certain jobs, you know, and how they can be successful in doing those jobs and grow within that environment. Mm-hmm. You know, those are smaller things that do address, you know, long-term issues. Um, longer-term, you know, um, it's just putting in place policies um, from a government perspective um, you know that that address these issues you know just wants to touch on one point you yes. know that is you know it might be skewing the numbers a little bit there's a big push in some industries um, to get you know to move away from permanent employment to contract type employment so mm. reducing um, the temporary the, the, the permanent employees on your job role um, and you know looking focusing more on the contract type work you know I think that might skew the numbers you know um, mm. a little bit the unemployment numbers um, quite drastically um, but a lot of companies are moving to contract work and these are companies in your accounting fields you know in your financial fields um, in your in your IT you know technology fields it's always been there but then it's become more prevalent you know, so these are not permanent employed people. These are people who are on one-year contract, two-year contract, and once those end, they move into the unemployed into the unemployed space. But if they have been effective, you know, they move into things. And this is something that government also needs to address, I think, from a mm. policy perspective, um, because, you know, you need... If, if more and more companies are shifting to more contract-style work, mm. you know, but... Um, Policy doesn't doesn't speak to that to help companies to shift to that and help us as individuals who are employed on a contractual basis to benefit more and more. You know from contract type work, you know we're going to have a problem. So in the longer term, um, we need to look at legislation around that, mm-hmm. look at you know tax laws, look at the benefits for companies to move more to contract work. Mm-hmm. And that also improves the efficiencies for those companies. Hence, why they move towards, towards contractual work rather than.
1: Yeah. Employment. I'd like to hold you there because I want to just get a last word in from Rato and ending with Professor Milerado. How valid are these stats? Are they too high? Are they too low? Are they accurate? Uh, the unemployment rate, inc- the
2: increase in the unemployment rate that we have seen, the 1.4 percentage point. Uh, We have done some statistical tests, and we have found that 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 is a significant increase between the first quarter and the second quarter Mm. in the unemployment rate.
1: Mm. Because 56% is the 18 to 22 year old. That's a very um, uh, interesting age there. 18 to 24? Yes, the 56% of unemployment. The 6% is among the 15 to
2: 34. But if you look at those who are 15 to uh, 24, the unemployment rate is even higher: 56. percent, 57.3%. Hmm.
1: Professor Ingrid, I'd like to give you uh, the the final say here in a minute. Is there still hope for young South Africans looking for job?
3: Definitely, and I and I think part of part of the the, the the rut that we're in is, is, that, is that so many people have, have given up that hope. And, you know, it, 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 this unemployment statistic also masks another terribly concerning statistic, which is that three three million young people are not in employment, education, or training. Mm. So they, they, they're not working and they're not in education. And so they've, they've completely dropped out and, and lost hope. And we really do need specific interventions for them. Um, these, are, these are young people that have a huge amount to offer the economy and we need to find ways in which we, 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 we help them access opportunities.
1: Thank you so much. That's the voice of Professor Ingrid Woolard, who's the Dean of the Faculty of Economic and Management Sciences at Stellenbosch University, also joined by Taka Fender, who is an investment analyst and owner of African uh, African Dominion. And last but not least, Malera Domosiane, who's the Acting Chief Director responsible for Labor Statistics at Statistics South Africa. Tongue twister there. Thank you all so much for your time and for giving us your insight. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you.